This episode of Attention to Detail is brought to you by our sponsors, Hop Hen Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on to dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is Barracan for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Tim Langley and I am joined each and every week and we are celebrating our one ton, 100th episode tonight and I'm very honoured to be joined by my co-host Simo, mate. It's, a, it's an exciting occasion. We can raise the bat to the century, mate. Welcome. How you doing? It's been been a minute between drinks, but we're back. Absolutely, yeah. Episode 100. And to think that when I come on board, I think we we're around the 20 mark, I believe. Um, to now to get to 100, it's a, it's a good achievement by the both of us. And again, can't thank you enough for all the work you put in. And um, yeah, getting some, some merch, t-shirts and some cups and things. It's been pretty cool. And yeah, hopefully we can continue to roll some things out and yeah boost the podcast get some more um special guests and things on and hopefully be celebrating something a bit nicer than what the last two years have, have been and finally we could see something awesome in front of our eyes post post ep 100 that's it that's it no it's been it has been a crazy journey and uh yeah to think that we've gotten to 100 episodes is yeah it's it's an achievement i think you know to to be modest about it but it's as you said, it's it's taken yeah taken us a lot of time, a lot of effort that goes into this, but we we obviously do it to to talk footy to each other and and yeah get our get our thoughts out and our feelings out about the D's, but but more importantly for the listeners as well too. And we know there's a handful of people out there that that decide voluntarily to to tune in to us, so we really appreciate uh, all of our fans and and our sponsors as well, Hop In Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. They've been a big part of us. Uh, growing and becoming bigger so no it is it is nice to sort of step back and just recognize the work that's been done and yeah as you said keep moving forward as well too but it's it's a weird time i suppose to be recording because footy Mm. is really kind of done and dusted now it's it's getting into the well the quieter part of the afl territory we've got the aflw competition which is well and truly roaring now but yeah yeah we've had Trade free agency periods been and gone. We've had obviously the grand final. Win the flag, yeah, yeah, which is uh, a little bit. Well, there's yeah, it's hard hard to talk about in in that sense, knowing knowing what sort of slipped through our fingers a little bit there. But we can't we can't be continuing to look back there. But uh, yeah, tonight just going to have a bit of a recap through with with a very special guest, friend of the podcast, and high flying demon Russell Robinson. So. We'll we'll go through a few news items then, and then we'll get to chat with Robbo uh, shortly after this. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, well, why don't we start with why don't we start with the best and fairest count? Let's go with something positive at the moment. So, the Chewy uh, went to Christian Petrarca, uh, just caps off a really stellar individual season for him, and like for somebody who was asked to do so much, who who really had to sort of change his role midway through the season to suit what the team required from him. Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, he's, he's capped off not only between, you know, coming seventh in the Brownlow, I think it was, sixth, seventh in the Brownlow, to then, yeah, getting his, his second best and fairest. Uh, it's you know, a tremendous achievement. And, yeah, 
we're still watching and marveling at this young player just grow into being a superstar of the competition and, and one of the greatest players we'll see to what to play in the red and the blue for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's just a matter of him getting the accolades now or us getting the accolades as a as a team to to grow his stature in the game. And yeah, I thought he was pretty hard done by. I thought he was gonna get close and funnily enough, the bloke that comes second in the BNF decided to to get two best ons in the last last two games to shake it up a little bit towards the, the back end of the Brownlow. And yeah, I think for Jack Vine, who comes second in our BNF was yeah true testimony to his probably best career season, I'd say. Yeah, minus minus what he, I mean, his last touch he'd be pretty dirty on, but all in all, he he stood up big time when Clary was out and very very deserving to be second in our BNF. So just to run through the remainder of the top ten, so you've got third Jake Lever, fourth Brayshaw, uh, fifth Stephen May, sixth uh, Nibbler, seventh Cozzy, eighth Maxi. Nine, Juddy McVee, which is an incredible achievement in his first year of footy. And 10th, uh, your boy, Trent Rivers, who caps off again another huge season. And, and somebody that we're you know, just really licking our lips at, at what we're going to see this player continue to you know, evolve and, and, and burst onto the scene even more so next year. I think it, it's going to be 2024. Could be a big year for the number 24, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. And yeah, hopefully we get a chance to to talk to a fellow number 24 about the rise of the 24 because yeah, it's back and it was, I've seen some pretty good players run, run with the 24. I mean, Liam Jarrah yeah, not so long ago. And yeah, I think Trent Rivers season was a spectacular one. And yeah, I mean, I was, I was watching with a very keen eye, both looks wise and play wise. Cause yeah, he's great to look at. Great to, <laughs> great to watch. <laughs> Definitely a man crash going on there, but Absolutely. Surprisingly to me in the count was seeing Cozzy beat Maxi Gorn. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, you think Cozzy, I mean, he's, he's had some games where he's been able to turn a game on its head and I just hope he can build some consistency. I think what we saw in round one was the best of Cozzy kicking four and have, having around, you know, 16, 17 touches. And if we can get a more consistent standpoint, uh, more consistent base of play from him, I mean, we're going to just elevate and yeah, the new players coming in, I think we'll, evolve his game as well and I think they'll complement him well and yeah hopefully we're, we're able to to inject Cozzy inside the middle when the right when the time's right and he can go forward and cause some absolute headaches and it was a bit of a shame to watch his season you know finishing the way it did and you know getting rubbed out for a week which I believe he will miss round one next year against um whoever that could be who knows who they'll, who they'll be but I think yeah over the off season we'll have to change change a few things but I am looking forward to what he can still bring and knowing that we were able to re-sign him during the year is just going to be massive and can't wait to see what he can do in the red and blue yeah no no definitely definitely it's probably and as you said yeah it wasn't was a little bit surprising to see him up that high in the list but somebody that I think is certainly well uh, deserving of his uh, finish in, in the BNF and that's Alex Neil Bullen I think if you look at him in the second half of the year, it's definitely, I think, the best and the most consistent we've seen from Nibbler, uh, probably in his career. And we knew in that that really pivotal stretch from sort of around 16 to 23, like closing out the season, he was so instrumental in, in being super clean and really being that barometer for us that we know that when he's performing at his best, that Melbourne play their best footy. And now, look, I think for him as well too, 
growing into that leadership role and, and we're seeing him just build on strength on strength on field and off field. It's been it's been awesome to see him and, and again you'd expect big things from him next year as well too. So no look a solid solid result from that. Uh well geez Melbourne's had an interesting month oh, off yeah. off the field. Uh look I don't want to give too much oxygen to some of the shit that's been going around and um, bantered around by the media because I think there's been some total disregard for uh, for people's privacy, uh, for people's mental health and well-being. But it, look, it's hard not to like see all this stuff come up in the newsfeed about you know ongoing incidents between players, uh, you know, coaches, all this sort of stuff that continues to get dragged through the mud. It's look we were just talking before and you said you've sort of over the last few weeks and I've done the same thing besides the sort of trade period I've really tried to sort of you know not uh, even look at any of that stuff with any sort of purpose whatsoever mm-hmm. if anything it's only just given you know a few little uh, oxygen thieves something to, to have a whinge or have a poke at on social media which is just you know I'm not even going to waste my time considering that but does part of you think that there's something, some sub- substance to some of these things that like have been bubbling away for the last few weeks? Like you hate to be cliched about it, but there's been some smoke. So you feel like that there's something there. Now, when Maxi says it happens at all clubs, I'm not quite sure if that was the right thing to say or if that's true or not. But I don't know. What's your gut feel on just like, just the temperature check on on where we're at with the D's at the moment. Mm, it's yeah, it's been an interesting month. You're right. The first thing that you said, temperature check. I think. Oh, geez. I mean, there's massive. I mean, oh, I'd hate to think this is the case, but thinking could it have anything to do with the team selection? Who was in? Who was out? Players coming, going going towards this mental health it's a it's an interesting one i think yeah well when max came came out and said that culturally we're fine and clubs you know, all clubs it's happening too at the moment it's just a couple of our players were dumb enough to let it slip out but it's hard to put a finger on actually what is going on because quite frankly we don't know we don't know what's no. happening in between the four walls and Clary's dealing with a fair bit and hopefully he's able to to shake it off as best he can or even deal with what's happening from his yeah personal life. But yeah, for, for him to get completely he would have the worst worst month or worst couple of months. Even probably from when his injury was. He's had a really, really bad second half of the year and so much media attention, which is gonna be hard for him to shake. And he's got a whole preseason to to hopefully switch his mind on the bigger picture and bigger picture being a professional player at Melbourne football club, the legacy he will, he will produce. He's a very similar player to, I mean, drawing a lot of comparisons in the past, like a Michael Voss. I mean, if you add that goal kicking element to his game, it's, it'll be amazing for him. And, but more importantly, his, his mental health side of things would be huge. Joel Smith is another one, you know, that came out of the blue to be fair. I didn't really see that one coming. It's, um, to be honest, I mean, the league probably does at least, I'd say about half the league would be on it. But as I said before, I think players are just, yeah, sometimes a little bit, they're not smart enough to get around it. But 
they shouldn't be doing it anyway. They're professional athletes are getting paid to be out there and do the best for the club. So that, you know, we're able to be there as supporters to, you know, to be able to see their successes, but to hear this sort of stuff, which could potentially you know, deter their ability to perform. Um, that's pretty disappointing to hear. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. Like, and and there's obviously some some well, there's clear facts with with that particular incident with Smithy, and and I think yeah, the fact that it happened, you know, midweek was probably a little bit eyebrow raising in in itself uh, around that scenario. Just just on Clary though, your heart just goes out to him, and you know, you just want the best for him to get himself right. Like as I said, he's obviously dealing with a lot of stuff at the moment. Like, like we've had conversations around Gus as well too. Like, there's just stuff that's bigger than footy, and and for him, and first and foremost, is just to get himself right and get himself in a good headspace before before he really gets back to thinking footy. Now, footy might be his number one thing, and if he's not doing that in the off season, he needs to make sure that he surrounds himself with with people that are going to support him. And I think from all the experiences that we've had talking to people inside the club. You know, you'd know yourself there from your from your playing career. Like footy footy clubs are great places to be supported by, and you just know that the club would do everything that they would to to support him. And I think I I personally loved the response that they gave and to, to sort of his behaviour and to really kind of give him an ultimatum, saying, you know, sort your shit out, otherwise, um, you know will facilitate a trade. I think that's a bit of a wake-up call and hopefully we see that that hunger reignited for him once he gets everything else, all his ducks in a row and, and gets himself straighted, straightened out and, and ready, mentally refreshed and, and all all good to go for next year because I'm sure sitting on the sidelines for half the year would have frustrated the hell out of him. You know what a competitor he is and it's uh, we just... He's, he's one of the greatest to play the game, you know, ever. If not, you know, and we'll go down as one of being one of the greatest demons ever. And yeah, we want to continue to see him in that light. So we wish Clary the best, and we, you know, we all give him a big hug and and can't wait to see him get it back on the park and and back to his best next year. Yeah, summed it up well there. Uh, and I think it was good that you brought up Gus because. Yeah, to, to hear that he's playing on and having a real red crack and to get some positive feedback from doctors and things was was amazing to hear. And yeah, can't wait to see him back and you know playing the best footy and making sure that health is in line. Jackie Malcolm signing on as well, which is going to be really interesting to see how his 2024 pans out. And I, I like to think that Shane McAdam, who we'll touch on a little bit later, can be that, that Malcolm replacement um, or someone to hold his mantle when he's not there. And I mean, yeah, we'll go through in depth all the other players and what, what shake-up that's made for both ins and outs. But yeah, for Malcolm to get another contract just as a true um, representation um, of hard work and for someone that's, you know, he kept ready and showcased some good play. So yeah, fingers crossed for him, he's able to get back nice and quick. I think with the Petty situation was really interesting come around trade time and seeing him in Adelaide, but a little bit concerning surrounds uh, the interview process, but at least at the moment he's a demons player, and you know it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts around. I mean, could we have cashed in? Could we have got something pretty big? I mean, I know Adelaide were throwing around eight hundred thousand at him, which is pretty crazy for a bloke that, as a forward, probably played two or three good games 
there. Obviously, a premiership player is a defender, but showing a lot of good signs, uh, making sure that he gets on top of that foot rehab and really has a big preseason and launches into 2024. Yeah, it really kind of took over almost, you know, a week of the trade period, didn't it? The the coup to try and get Harrison Petty, uh, Adelaide Crows continuously knocking on the demon's door and, and asking what would it take. So, uh, yeah, as, as you said, at this point, he is a demon supporter, but I don't think that there would be too many fans out there that would have been overly convinced by... Look, he was probably sprung a little bit, uh, you know, out of out of context at the golf club, uh, playing with, you know, it was a Darcy Fogarty and I can't remember who the other bloke was, but he went to school with Darcy Fogarty. But obviously, home's a big pull for him and, and he pretty much alluded to the fact that, yes, at some point he would like to, you know, he'd like to return home and... Yeah, as a Melbourne fan, you sort of think, well, this is the bloke that we kind of see being our, our, our full forward for the next, you know, the next flag tilted. And, and really, if he didn't go down this year, we could be, you know, singing a different tune in 2023. So it'll be interesting to see going forward if that comes back around in 2024 trade period, because then he'll be almost like that. Uh, I don't know if he's a qualifies for a pre-agent, but he'll be still have a year on his contact contract, but it might be that further push that you either hmm, you're going to let him leave and you don't really have any leverage, or if he is adamant that he's going to go at the end of 2025, then do you try and trade and get something for him um, in value? So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, very special occasion, our 100th episode, and we're so happy and so honoured to be joined by friend of the pod and high-flying demon legend, Russell Robinson, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. It's, it's great to have you on our milestone episode, and uh, the last time we spoke to you was, was just after the flag in 2021, so it's been a couple of years between drinks, but mate, welcome to the show, and uh, how, how are we going? How are we travelling? Yeah, really good. Um, I'd rather the demons... We're in the news for better reasons at the moment. It's uh, <laughs> fielding a lot of questions as I walk the streets these days, but that's okay. That's uh, the way it goes. But look, really good. Yeah, really good. Um, like being called a demon legend. That warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh, true. Uh, you know, I had, I had a coffee with Nathan Jones, dropping a name just there the other day, uh, yesterday actually, and, and, and I find I'm a bit of a fan of all those kind of guys that look at the top. I didn't even notice the dumpy over <laughs> Have you got one of these yourself? Did you see no, when no. the... No. It was... Um... I, I can't believe... We, how? Why? Firstly, why is there a Robo Jumper t-shirt out there? I well, there... Yeah, so Carlton Draft... And so I bought this... I think I bought this last time we, we chatted as well too. Um, Carlton Draft put out a couple. There was... I think the other one was Nita. And so yeah. then two of this like kind of, you know, nine so we can see it all the way down. Um, and yeah, one thing one was Nita and one was Robbo. Um, and yeah, there's a few for you know, uh, across I all. Feel like, I feel if I bought that and wore it, people would like you made your own jumper, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> no, how is Jonesy going? Yeah, Tunk's really good. Um, he's he's slipped into when this was the conversation we had, he slipped into another life. You know, it feels completely different to him now. 
Um, and, and I understand exactly what he's talking about. It's just interesting hearing it from somebody else who's just going through it. Um, the, the other side of a career, a long career, and his was longer than most, um, is, is a come down. It's a letdown. It's, it's a life uh, very ordinary compared to the, the bright lights of what we did. And I was just, you know, probing a little bit to try to get his state of mind and, and, and how he's going about it because it's a challenge challenge for all of us um, and something that you can't prepare for. You hear about it, you know that it's coming um, and you do, whether it be financially or, you know, mentally moving into something else, what is that going to be like? But at the end of the day, Nathan's working um, a full-time job, um, I suppose it's a full-time job, um, you know, at a desk every day and fielding calls and it's different. It's a far cry from... You know, being the captain of the oldest footy club in the world, um, you know, constantly running on the MCG and, and pressing the masses. So, um, yeah, but it, it, that, all, that said, you know, he's doing really well. Yeah, no, it's wild. It's it's crazy to think what the, as you said, just that transition. And look, whether your career is, you know, 20 games or, or 300 games, like it would still be a difficult process now. That being said, when you when you're playing for... 12, 13 years and you're coming out as a mid-30s-year-old playing footy as opposed to maybe you come out when you're 21, 22 if you fall out of the system. Uh, you know, things might be a little bit different there, but, I, I, yeah, I can't even begin to imagine what was it, you know, what it would be like or even for yourself, you know, coming out of it there as well. But the, it's, there's a fair bit to unpack, really. Um, I... Um, I feel like, you know, when you, you're playing for Melbourne, and for me, playing for Melbourne, it was it was a warm, cuddly feeling because it was my family. So I grew up at that club. And boys, we, we develop late, don't we? We do silly things, you know, we, when we're young. And we really realised when we hit our 30s just how young we were when we were 18. And now that I'm, you know, heading towards that, no, that number with a five in front of it, uh, you know, <laughs> In about five years' time, it it, it makes you realise how young and how amazing life was, and you didn't really understand how amazing it was at the time. And and you grow up at a football club, and you have this family: Neil Danaher and and Nita and Ooze, and then my then my then my extended family are coming from Tasmania interstate to live in this town. It's a different proposition as well for us guys. You know, the Victorians, it's a little bit easier. Uh, but for us, coming from interstate, we really do, you know, latch on to that red and blue family. And it's not just the, you know, it's not just Nita and Ooze and Neil, it's it's the supporters as well, um, the, the Demon Army behind the goals and, and, you know, the coterie groups and the people that you learn so much from along the way outside of a football club. That they're, they're still there, and but you do, you... You retire into a, a quieter life and, and yet yeah, we have our families and we watch from afar and like I said, I've just become a fan now. I'm a fan of Jonesy and I'm a fan of, of what he did. Um, I'm a fan of Clary and Track and Maxie now and, and just like you, I'm a super fan. Yeah, and I love that. And it's really it's really honouring to to chat to you too, both yourself, Jonesy, Ooze, Nita. It's you know, you got you were our idols growing up. Like you were you were when we were starting to love footy. So yeah. being able to see that has been, yeah, really cool to see. And to now have the opportunity to chat is pretty amazing. And um yeah, it's cool knowing that 
yeah, you're a fan of the D's and yeah, we can keep supporting our boys through and through. And um, it's interesting seeing Ooze actually get the the position of Richmond. It'd be really interesting to to hear your thoughts around Ooze. I mean, great for him to to get the top dog gig, but obviously it leaves a huge hole at Melbourne in the midfield crew. But yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on your your great mate Ooze and across? Yeah, super proud, really. Um, you know, he tried so hard for so long and, you know, his family, Afi and, and Jazzy and, and Noah, um, they, they've become so – we're just so close. You know, I played football with Adam um, and, of course, when you do that, when you go into battle with somebody, they instantly become a, uh, it's more than a friend. It's something different and um, his family, well, and to see them, you know, work so hard with their lives outside of um, football, he's been so successful, you know, Hawthorne onto onto Melbourne and get these premierships that he's won as an assistant coach, and and to fail at getting the top job at Essendon um, for various reasons, timing wasn't right, and and I kept saying to him, because we catch up every two weeks, myself, Daniel Ward and Nathan Brown, and then we'll have a special guest every now and then. The special guest the other week was Brock McLean. So that was just great. You know, we just, <laughs> we, we try to catch up, you know, it's really healthy for us. And, and, you know, he was, oh, it was, it was, a, it was before the last time we catched up, caught up actually was um, before he got the job and he was really nervous, but um, uh, positive as well that he would get the job because he's just been through it so many times and failed. And that's what um, good, you know, elite people do, and you fail and you fail, and they're not failures. They're 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 just stepping stones. I'm trying to teach my son this at the moment. You know, all my failures I realise now were only, um, you know, beneficial moments that taught me how to go again and rise up again. And Ooze has been able to do that, become the coach of the Richmond Football Club. It's huge. It's, I can't believe it. Seeing him in front of the, you know, the media as the main guy at Richmond, it's like wow, that's one of my <laughs> greatest mates of all time. We went into battle together out there and had so much fun together, Ruse and I. A lot of people mixed us up when we played because we look so similar, <laughs> <laughs> and I still do. I still get people saying, "Hey, g'day, Ruse," as I walk past. <laughs> Actually, I was at a function the other day and um, in grand final week, and I got up on stage and everyone's clapping for me. You know, big nice little intro and Feb's up there and Swanee's up there and and I look behind at the uh the picture and behind me it's a picture of the ooze. They go. <laughs> <laughs> we just got got a few laughs as I mentioned uh, that. So, uh, he's a great man and, and congratulations to him. No, that's it's it's unreal. It's um it is it is weird to see him in those colours, but as you said, it's it is him he's been yeah so resilient and, and continuing to pursue his dream and, and now he gets a chance to sort of really put his fingerprint on a whole new list and, and I suppose, yeah, a new club that he doesn't have historical ties to, but no, we only wish him all the best and I know that, well, you know, we've ended up with a pretty much straight swap in, in their interim head coach to McWalter coming across to to the D's as well too to, to fill that void, so hopefully he can bring something new to us next year. Now, given that you work so closely with the club this year and, and, and your your game day roles there, this season ended on a really bitter note. How, if you were to give us a grade for the for the year, where where where, where would you sit us and why? Well, it's a good question um, because I, I suppose whenever we finished a year up, um, when we finished, 
it, unless we sort of won it, you know, we, we, we saw it as a failure. Um, and so every year was a failure, basically. We, you know, we had some great success. And you could feel positive about what you were able to bring to the table and, and you know, you would read the press and, and you would hear the, the feedback from the, the crowd and, and the fans and your family and, and you could either feel good or bad about that and, and move into the next season. But we always felt like when I played through the, you know, late 90s and all through the 2000s that we were a chance to win a premiership every single year, even though when you look back and realise what a bit of what a schmozzle our club was, you know. It, it really was behind the eight ball stuff. Um, I, I I feel like we always rated an F when we didn't get there, and that's the harsh harshness of when you play. Um, but now, as a supporter, just like you guys, I look at it and go, well, I mean, you know, you got to be positive about it. We've got an amazing team on paper, but have we really nutted that forward line situation? No, um, and you do need uh, all all pistons firing. And what I mean by that is, and I think it's no secret, and we all understand that, that, you know, um, you need all your players playing really well, great momentum as a team, no injuries, you know, no back office um, issues for a premiership to happen in a cutthroat game that has only got more cutthroat since I've retired. Um, It's, well, I say retired, it's a nice way of saying since I was sacked. It's cutthroat and every team, look at GWS this year, my God, look out next year, they're going to be uh, anything. Um, mm. Every team, you look at them and go, wow, you got to be at your best and everything needs to be working. So I feel like we, we go back a year, Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca, Clary Oliver, they all shouldn't have played. What Clary had a broken hand, you know. Um, they're, they're the big three with vines in the middle of the ground. So you sort of go, well, there's a fair chunk. Uh, out of our out of our team, and this year our forward line, Van Ruin goes out of the side. Uh, Melky gets injured. I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. I know you guys know all of this and have spoken about it on your podcast. I'm sure. So I'm just like you. I go well. Had we had all of that at our disposal, a forward line ready to go, mm-hmm. we and this might make you as a Melbourne supporter listening to this angry, but maybe it makes you feel good. We would have won that premiership. This year, uh, I have no doubt in my mind a team at Melbourne with that talent, with Petrarca doing what he was doing, Clary, if Clary was fit all year and not having the troubles that he had, there's no way we'd get beaten. We're the best team in the competition. And I hope and I pray that next year we're able to um, reload and, and do it all again. Just I'm just like everybody else. I hope it happens again. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> No, it def- it definitely does, and I think we certainly echo similar things. It's you're right. I can still remember sitting in the stands in 2022 and feeling uh, pretty gutted and disappointed when we lost to Brisbane in that semi final. But I think just the lead up into that final series, as you said, we were banged up, and it sort of all came out a little bit afterwards. But the preparation was so different in 2023 and and yes we had to face some adversity throughout the year in terms of personnel wise with clary and max going down earlier in the year and um and then all the stuff with grundy and but then you know you you still think back to that final game against sydney and you think well we didn't really have that much to play for in terms of except for winning form and you watch what we did and we think you know what we're poised to make a real red hot crack here and and knowing that we're going to play collingwood and when we played him king's birthday we smacked them around the park. Yeah, we only got over, the, you know, only got over on the line by a few points 
scoreboard wise, but we smashed him and we were all heading confident. I was preaching in round twenty that I thought we were we were gonna <laughs> I thought we were gonna win the flag as well too. And mm. I think it just came down to missed chances and I think you know what, we put ourselves in the best situation to give ourselves every chance to to get over the line against Collingwood in that first final and Carlton in that second final and we didn't bloody take him, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, look, we, you know, had we had a few things go our way, you know, it, it, it's the fine line in football. It really is, you know. And I always go back um, to my own career to, to kind of um, give myself some sort of uh, understanding of what they're going through. Um, you know, we played Adelaide, I might have been 19, uh, 2005 or six or something like that, and we missed so many goals early. Um in the game, and I was one of those guys. I think I missed three goals, and then we're coming at the ends, and and you know, Ned, Ooze and I smash heads together. I fracture my face, and I'm off the ground, and he perforated an eardrum at the same time. And maybe if those got, if we'd have been out there at the end, because that was that's a massive hole in our forward line, because we were a big part of that forward line. I mean, I bet I, I must admit I watched a game recently. The highlights of the game because I, I I'm a big one for YouTube. I like I like watching YouTube. You know, it's got a lot of inter- educational stuff on there. But every now and then, because I'm a Melbourne person, I must have clicked on something before. I, one of the games, our games, came up and and it was in and around that era. Neat, Davy, Uze, Green, Bruce, Miller in there as well, and myself as a forward line is pretty. Potent, I would have thought. You know, we had a had a great forward line at that time, and it was just so wonderful being part of that. And you know, we 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 weren't able to just get across the line in those big moments when I was playing. And it was not through talent; it wasn't. It was just things just didn't quite go our way, and we, yeah. we were pushing shit uphill at the Junction Oval as well. You know, I tell stories about the Junction Oval, and you've probably heard a few of them. And I remember going into the junction over fed up one day with a pressure washer that I had a car <laughs> because I was sick of showering in a shower that had, I think it went through all the colours. It started off as green, went to brown, it climbed right up the walls. It was yellow, it was red. Mm. And we just couldn't clean it. Like, who's cleaning our showers, you know? And so I went in there with a pressure washer and some Domestos or whatever and tried my best and I still couldn't get it all off. And we're bathing in these baths that have got horrible brown and you just go, you know, what was going on to make yeah. us so bad back there to not have any money? What was happening? Who was running this football club should be ashamed of themselves. And then we fast forward to 09 and we know what happened there. When we, You know, there was just mismanagement for a long time at our football club that we probably should. And don't worry about it. I'm not going to. We won a premiership in 2021, so I'm really, really happy. Um, I think we had a really great crew in the uh, 2000 years that could have won it as well. We just didn't go our way, and it happened mm. here, and it just shows you how cutthroat it, it, it all is. Don't worry. Next year, 2024, the great number 24, uh, is going to be a premiership season again. I, I feel it. I believe it. McAdam's a good pickup. I'd love to see another guy in the forward line there with Van Ruin to help him out. Um, you know, it's uh, it augurs well. Yeah, and that probably segues to the perfect, you know, roll into the trade wrap. I mean, you know, the comings and goings. So we'll go through a bit of a list of the outgoing players. James Harms, great depth player, great servant of the football club. Grew up barracking for Melbourne. 
Um, Brody Grundy, obviously the experiment that didn't quite work. Um, Jimmy Jordan um, and Piggy Hibbard retiring and a couple of delistings. But do you think, um, yeah, how do you think we're going to cover those uh, those losses, Robbo? Uh, you can't cover them. You just got to find um, players um, to come in and and you, you can find them in the most unlikely of places. You know, I didn't think Ben Brown would do what he did when he came to the football club. You know, they all said he was washed up. I hoped. You know, those big levers were able to sort of pluck some marks. And in 2021, how amazing were they? They just, people couldn't get near his hands and he was able to give us something. So you don't need a lot. You just need a little little shift in the way we're doing things that makes it really hard for the opposition to stop you. So, excuse me, um, I, I, I don't think we need much. I just think... You know, David Neat's clone would be good. That's not much to ask. <laughs> I mean, we were so lucky to have that guy uh, for so long in our forward line that we could use as a focal point. And Van Ruin needs to be that guy now. Sadly, you know, a young man who, at the age of 20, you know, is going to be uh, a guy that we sort of pin our hats and, uh, you know, we, we, we really need him to step up this year. Who else does it? Well, McAdam goes in there as well. Um, and, it, and it might be just a nice little mix like we had in you know, 2005. Uh, Ooze, Neat, Bruce, Green. We weren't huge. Neat is huge, but the rest of us weren't huge. We were able to play a role. You just play a role um, and, and, we, and we can get the job done. Yeah. I really like that. We'll go into the, the yins too. It's we'll speak about McAdam, 180 centimetres, athletic. Bit of X factor, probably someone that could bob up like a Melsham, kick you two goals a game, and the pick up of Tom Fullerton, the ex basketball, is going to be a, a real interesting watch because it'd be great to see him um, become that second ruck, like the Grundy role, and really allow Van Royen to really strongly work on the craft rather than going in the ruck. Yeah, I think I think Jack Billings has a space too. Um, yeah. yeah, being a, a cleaner left footer on the outside, um, potentially as a half forward. Um, you know, mixing up with, you know, even linking with Lockie Hunter, um, yeah, trying to hit those dinky kicks and, yeah, yeah a bit damaging. I didn't think about the St Kilda pickup, did I? I, I, I let, that slipped out of my mind, the late the late sort of trade. In the, that's that's a, a great pickup for mine. I really am looking forward to seeing him come into our forward line because he can kick goals. And, and again, yeah, it, it doesn't take much. So hopefully he can add a little something. Ben would add something. We've got Cozzy in there, McAdam. You know, a lot of a lot of players can roll through the forward line, if you know what I mean, and have an influence. You've just got this amazing midfield, gives us the opportunity. But what you really need, guys, is a settled place, a place that has, um, you know, I've been here for the last 10, 15 weeks doing really well, and I can't wait to crack into this game instead of, oh, I've just come back into the team. And we're not talking about Bailey Fritch as well. You know, obviously, we'll, we know what he can do. Mm. He's the greatest uh, he's in the top 20, uh, what is it, top 22 of the last 50 years of the players voted by the fans. Yeah, couldn't get the spot. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, yeah uh, that's wild. I was, like I said on um, Facebook, on Facebook uh, it's good to see that the, the at least the top uh, the top three of the top four goal kickers made it to that uh, forward line. One of them. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Anyway, um, how easily you've forgotten, but I'm not dirty. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, we, we, Bailey Fritch is, is is a great player and adds an ex-selector in there as well. So, you know, we shouldn't be going, oh, we need wholesale changes in our forward line, you know. Look at Collingwood's forward line. I mean, most of the damage is done by their midfielders, isn't it? You know, it, it's, it's, it's side bottom and Dugowie that 
that bob up in a big moment. And who would have thought Bobby Hill would have been the guy that, you know, no one picked that. So you you need multiple avenues to go. You need a settled forward line. Uh, You need need a settled team. And if we can just find that, um, we're a chance. Robert, have you ever considered being our forward line coach? I think you'd be a pretty good fit down there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've Make thought it about it many times, getting back into coaching, and uh, it's never really sort of been my thing. Uh, and it's whether that's self-imposed or whether that's um, just the way I think the world sees me. And what I actually like to do, which is is this sort of stuff, you know, I like to talk and I like to be on the marketing and the media side of, of football, Ooze um, uh, has this real ability to talk about football all the time. We get to these, <laughs> we get to these coffees, and it's worse than when Shane Wode's over from the west, and they sit down. And I'm uh, after about forty five minutes. I'm like, fellas, can we please talk about something other than football? Because Brandy coaches, and so does Wardy and the Ammos, and they're all about it. I'm like, shut up! You know, give me something to talk about some music, but that's good. That's what they do. And I like to um I like to get a bit fancy, you know what I mean? And 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 it's not it's not that I don't love football. I just think the world sees me as I could add a lot of value, I think, in terms of coaching. And I do coach right now. I have my own academy that I've started up down here, Bayside. Um I um have only been going for about three weeks and I've got about uh, fifteen kids already yeah, that I'm coaching uh every every night of the week and I'm always looking for more, of course. And it's really it's not an academy where, you know, I want every kid in the area to come and no, I don't want it's not that. It's kids that feel like they're a chance and their parents think this kid's got something here and I'd really like to explore the um idea of giving this kid and it was born of I would go to my son's training and there's 60 kids on a park and we had Justin Plapp as our coach um, ex-Richmond St Kilda and and Tassie boy just like me um, coaching the boys so they're really lucky and I'm the assistant coach basically Um, and and the year before I was watching coaches and just listening to what they're saying and just going oh my gosh you know (laughs) just want to jump in but I can't you know and it's not their fault it's just that I've got the virtue of you know years and years and years of professional training from the best and, I, and I'd love to pass that on uh, and I see kids that are really good just not getting the attention they need um, to progress to the next level if they need it and so I'm putting I'm putting that option out there it's called the Bayside Elite Academy plugging it now you know if you're you're and I, I'll travel as well but um, it's it's uh, BaysideLeadAcademy.com. Um, check it out if you want uh, some good coaching from an ex-wash-up forward that likes to take <laughs> down and pick the goals. I'm there. Love it. And, well, Robbo, what, what age groups are they for? Around the 15 to 18 mark? Or... Yeah, no, no. I'm starting uh, and I'm leaving it open at young. I've got a, I've got a uh, I think, a nine-year-old, 10-year-old who's super little kid um, and I, I prefer to keep it from 12, 11-year-olds to about um 17 um 18 you know i don't want to do adults that's the next level i just want to get kids get kids that are sort of looking towards that i'd love to play in the afl i'd love to give myself every opportunity but i need to learn elite practices i need to learn the right way to go about things and i swear if i had that when i was a younger kid you know it would have been amazing but it just obviously wasn't there and um good players are good players for a reason they're able to get to where they get to because it's in them but 
uh, and then they get the good coaching when they get there. But what about maybe you get the coaching beforehand and, and see what you can sort of, it's a, there's a lot of kids trying to get there too. So to get an edge, to gain an edge, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm banging on a lot, but with basketball, my son plays basketball and there seems to be a lot of um, training options, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, yeah, you can definitely. go and do big, yeah, basketball camps and, um, you know, they're everywhere. But are, where, where are the footy camps that aren't ones where you just go and you guys go over there and do some handball and you guys go over there? Where are the ones that you can? There are a few, but they're not as ready available. So I'm trying to make this. This is the next AFL guy. This is not somebody that played seniors in the you know the Southern Football Netball League. This is a guy that's really got some stuff. And I and I want to. I love teaching kids. I don't want to teach adults. I want to teach kids. Yeah. Well, no, I got a close connection there because well, I'm a primary PE teacher, so I've mm. yeah took a yeah huge like so I will yeah get a get a decent plug in that and yeah. Um, yeah, because I've been trying to do the same across all all different sports um, for my kids as well. So, yeah, it's it's awesome that you're trying to promote that. I don't know if with, with the basketball, it's a, it's a but that's the biggest growing sport, and I suppose they they've got the the indoor facilities as opposed to you know footy being yeah. outdoor. I think that's where they get their little ed- edge over us, and they can play as a you know full time round sport, I guess. But that's why we've got the preseason things, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's awesome that yeah you're kicking that off, and um, yeah, it'll be good to see the progress of that because um, yeah, it'll be something that yeah I'll be able to plug to kids and hopefully try Thanks, and instill that into them too. Yeah. yeah, brilliant, absolutely. And with um, when you're talking about catching up with some of the boys before and, and Nathan Brown, so obviously Conan Brown, you would watched him play a little bit then because he's he's yeah. coming up to be eligible for be father son, and there's been yeah a bit of hype around him. Being a handy handy pickup potentially, absolutely. I mean, you you get him on the list and you you see what he does. You know, he's he's not big like his old man. Uh, like his old man was small. I mean, so yeah. he's not. Um, he's but he's an accumulator, and it looks as though he knows what to do when he gets the ball, and he's a bull. And I know Brownie's had him on a bloody strict training regime since the age of ten. You know, <laughs> the, the, the Brownie. The great thing about Nathan Brown is, and you guys watched him, you know what he's like. Yeah. He's a brown dog. He's always got a big smile. Everybody loves Brownie, and I love him to death. He'll always be my brother. Um, he he um, he went hard and ran hard and trained hard and rehabbed hard. He just was 150%, 100%, 200 300% with whatever he did. And he's taught, I think he's given those values to his son, Kynan, and, and we'll see what he's his other two boys do as they come of age. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kynan's the one in there now, and I watched him d- during the carnival, and I think we all like what we saw. You know, he's he's not your flashy number one pick um, like the, the guys in, that, that we saw playing for Victoria as well. But um, And even the Tasmanian team's got some little bolters, um, South Australia. He's the, an accumulator of the ball. He gets in there. He wins the hard ball. He could be great like a Jack Viney type. Um, and we've got to find that next level of talent. And another one that's coming through is Whitey's boy. Um, he's, he's Kalani. He's looking like he's got the goods as well uh, as a, a taller bloke than his old man, which he kind of needs to be if he's going to play that rough position. Um, you know, Jeff was able to get by on his phenomenal timing and leap. Um, and my God, like I just knew, whenever I played with Whitey, I knew if I led, led to him, it was going to smack me so hard on the chest. It was a beautiful kick. 
So I'm hoping Kalani's got a little bit of that. Um, and also, I've seen him do some. Um, I've seen some video on the past players WhatsApp group dunking a basketball. So I know he's got a leap. So that's exciting. <laughs> as well. Now, well, hopefully basketball can't won't steal him off us. That'd be good. <laughs> we can get him uh, working under Gorney ASAP, and then oh. uh, yeah, the next uh, the next chapter. He's not far off. He's not far off. I love it. And talking about referring back to you as a forwards coach, would you, I mean, obviously you worked very closely with Nita. Would Nita be open to that position? <laughs> yeah, Nita, I mean, we always get on, and again, the WhatsApp group, I keep going back to it. We, we talk to him all the time about, you know, get down there and teach him how to, you know, take a, a contested mark. You know, he was just so amazing, uh, Nita. You know, I used to play around Nita. I probably played more with him than anybody. Um, uh, and I used to, feel the concussive hit that he would give someone just as he's about to mark the ball in a one-on-one marking, one on mark, one on one marking contest. And I'll be just like, oh, you poor defender. Offer that for him. Um, I love playing around him because he was just so big and strong. But what an, an ability with – he has no flexibility. He's straight lines. You know, there was not a lot of Jeff, uh, you know, Jeff Farmer or Aaron Davy about him. <laughs> Wow, you know, just leading at the ball and marking it and uh, super, super talent. He's an Australian uh, AFL Hall of Famer for, for a reason. Um, you know, I'd love to get him down there and because he was a good kick as well for goals. So he kind of ticked a lot of boxes. But uh, I think he's very busy with his new project, which is down in our park, South Melbourne, um, the Bells Hotel. He's got the brewery built next door or right in that precinct. Um, so he's heavily... Um, I oh, know he's very busy there. But here's one thing that we didn't need Nita to do. We didn't need Nita working in beer and his close mate, Paul Hopgood. Um, it's just, um, it, it, it's, it's a recipe for disaster, I, I believe. <laughs> he's going to drink a lot of his own product. And, um, you know, um, most of the sales will go to him and Hoppy. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that about those guys because, you know, they've said enough about me. <laughs> Oh, you got to check for quality control, surely. That's what they're blaming <laughs> under. No, no, that's awesome. I didn't know that they built the brewery. Like, like, yeah, he's obviously brew man. He's been going. Geez, it'd have to be what close to ten years now, wouldn't it be? Yeah, an amazing thing we've done with Neil. Yeah. Neil's, Neil's was. Uh, they worked so closely together uh, through those, you know, two thousands period. Um, they were great mates, as well as you know. Obviously, captain and coach, they had to have a closer relationship than the rest of us guys. But, um, you know, it was still a captain and coach relationship where Neil still had him at arm's length when he needed to give him the barrel he could. Uh, but Nita was our guy to go to Neil whenever we needed him. I remember one, and Nita tells this story, and I'm not sure if you heard it, but we were, I, think, I don't know what happened. We got smashed uh, at some point along the way. And we, two weeks in a row, we'd been smashed. And, and Neil was just giving it to us, you know, that, going back to the rowdy of old, just screaming at us and the training, flogging us on the track because of it, and making us go and jump in the ocean at, you know, middle of winter. And it, it was just an awful place to be. But Neil's attitude at the time was, harden up, boys, you know, this, this is not going to be easy, so I'm going to go you. And where's the leadership group come together and say, come on, you know, can you go and talk to Neil, Neil and say maybe we need just a night, a night off or maybe we go to a pub somewhere and get drunk together like they used to do back in the day and just get a good feeling back in here and maybe we'll take that out onto the park. Try that one. Off you go, Nita. That'd be great. Thanks. 
So Nita's all like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yep, I'm going in there now. So he goes in there and he sits down with Neil and says what we asked him to say. And I think Neil was he shook his head and said, yeah, all right, thanks for the feedback. Uh, Nita, I'll um, take that into consideration. See you in the meeting in five minutes. So we go into the the, the detached school cherubim thing that we had sitting at the Junction Oval that is quite but <laughs> now. We go in there and we sit down and we think, oh, it's going to be all right. We're going to finally you know, be off the hook. Neil comes in. I reckon his face was already purple by the time we got in the room and he went every single one of us, screamed his head off, punching a whiteboard and this and that and get out there and run, you know, you're barking. Oh, Jesus. And so did Nita. <laughs> I could see Nita seething, sitting there going, respectful, didn't listen to a word I said. How could he do this? He was getting red in his face and we all walked out. Nita stayed behind and Nita got up and went up to Neil and goes, what was that? And Rowdy goes, you stick to being captain, I'll do the coaching, mate. Get out there and run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. man. Oh, that's unreal. All right. So, you know, they're great mates and he's, he's done a great thing with the broom and he's to, to just tie that all up. And if uh, I think if the, the, brewery, the brewery be finished closer to Christmas and the Bells Hotel should be a real a, a place where everybody goes. Um, if you want to catch up with Nita, I'm sure it'll be holed up at a bar there somewhere just sipping on his own uh, product. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's unreal. No, it is, it is awesome. It, it's, um, you know, we've had a few chats with like Riggers and Chell over the journey and it's been amazing to hear their stories as well and the connection and, and just how strong that bond is between all of you boys and Neil as well too and, and, and the cause and it's, yeah, it's it's really inspiring and it's it's just amazing to sort of see how football clubs can work and create these lifelong bonds and, and partnerships between between people that, you know, it is going to leave a legacy for, for a long time to come. Yeah, no, thanks. That's, um, it's a good, good little um, club that we have us past players. And I'm going to pick you up and take you upstairs. Uh, the kiddies are down here and they're going to start a movie up. <laughs> You're right. No, we'll let you It's darker, that's all right. But, yeah, we, we, we're really lucky with... Um, with who we have and Rod Grinch has been amazing you know, in terms of getting us together, bringing us together and finding finding uh, past players long lost to the Melbourne Football Club um, and supporting people that are um, that are genuinely struggling. Um, I, I, I've not got one bit of uh, apparel or influence of my time as a footballer in my house. I never have. I've got a Keith Bluey Trust got down in Tasmania somewhere sitting getting all dusty at dad's house, mum and dad's house. But I do have I do have my first jumper over here that I, I recently got uh, 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 put in a, the frame. That's all awesome. a, a little memento. That's the only thing I've got and that's I walk past that every day and just go, Ah, my beautiful Melbourne <laughs> Oh, such a good design to, as well too yeah and i used to tap that afl logo and that's the, the other side of my heart every single time just before i ran out of the game to play for the melbourne football club because it was a, a club that gave me every opportunity in life to do something and i can talk to you guys now and hear you talk about shell and myself and then the guys that played for the melbourne football club as people that you grew up with i mean how lucky am i it was uh, oh, very blessed. 
nah, it's been it's been yeah, it's been a journey that's for sure, and it's uh it's just been I suppose I'm starting to do that now with my with my little one and daughter's nearly three and taking her to a couple of games and she gets excited about the D's and we were even at the shopping center the other day she walked past a a ball bloke who was in the Telstra shop she goes. Big Max in there. I said, no, no, sorry, it's not, it's not Big Max, but yeah, it's uh, it is. That's Nita. <laughs> oh, it's next to the brewery. Um, it's uh, uh, well, we won't keep you too much longer, but we'll, we'll a couple of questions just heading into next year. I know we sort of touched on uh about what our expectations are. We know that flag is expectation for, for next year, yeah. but who's who's somebody that you think is yeah. going to be a breakout player for 2024? Sorry, Sim, <laughs> I just saw that. Uh, look, I um, I don't know to be honest. I, th- I think we've got just a genuinely good list, and I think it might have been um. Kane Corns that said it. He says a lot, doesn't he? But he said, um, <laughs> you know, where's the next level of talent coming from, right? Okay, uh, you, you might be able to correct me who said it, but I look at um, I look at Rivers and I look at um, that backline uh, younger group. No, I'm not talking about Maisie or Le- or, or Lever. I'm, uh, I, I think um, Judd McPhee is an absolute out and out gun, and I love what he does. I'm looking forward to seeing Taj Woden and become a regular in the side. I think he's got something, and I think he's got talent. Um, you know, maybe I'm missing something. You know, didn't sort of last in the team, and he's had some injury trouble as well. I'd like to see him get a consistent game next year and become a part of that group that's going to be the next level of talent that plays for the Melbourne Football Club. Um, in terms of bolters, um, hard to say. Uh, I'd like to see more out of our wingmen. Uh, this year I didn't think it was as good as the years that we've had in the past and that's uh, it's not, you know, um, bringing them down or, or saying that they had bad seasons. They played individually pretty good football, but um, it wasn't the, the form, and I think if you're being honest, it wasn't the form of 2021, was it? Um, yeah. And would love to see that link up um, from back line to forward line become better. I don't think it was as great um, as our premiership year and it needs to be really, really good. So Brayshaw, you know, I'm talking about Brayshaw, I'm talking about Hunter, I'm talking about Ed. Um, We know what our midfielders can do. They've got to support in that. And also our forward line, high half forwards have got to really be um, better at getting up the ground and bringing it back fast to a Bailey Fritch and to a Van Ruin. That's just what it is. You know, football now is that kick it long. Um, sorry, a team will kick it long into their forward line and you'll have really great back, back lines. Like we've got an extra number behind the ball. Lever and Maisie will win the ball and they'll get it out of there. They'll boot it out of that 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 space and they'll expect the ball to be won by a half forward flanker running really hard, working their ass off to get up the ground and create a contest and and, and help, um, you know, our midfielders and, and our wingers who have dropped back defensively then come through. So you, you, it's a kind of a multiple answer sort of thing, really. I'm not looking at any individual to lift their game or be a bolt of what I'm expecting or what I want to see is a better performance through that between the arcs um, in transition from defence into our forward line. Do it fast um, and, you know, just halve the contest, you know, give us a chance to 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 get a contest 
um, get Maxi and, and Clary and Petrarca back to the to back on the ball and doing their thing so we can get in our forward lines. I think that's where we improve. You know, if Tom Goodwin was watching this and Adam Ermuse were watching this, they'd probably say, Oh for God's sake, Robert, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but but hey, listen, this is Russell Robertson talking about frontal pressure, a defensive forward sort of role, getting up and having contests and working really hard. That's a turn up for the books in itself, you know. I like to just sort of <laughs> apply my craft with someone hitting me on the chest. Thank you very much. So, no, I think that's modern day football, boys. We fix up that area. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I love it. And do you see? Do you see a bit of Shane McAdam about yourself? <laughs> pretty similar. Uh, pretty similar yeah. builds. Yeah, yeah. You know, we that we we looked a lot shorter than what we look a lot shorter than we probably are. Mm. I mean, me being six foot, just a little bit over six foot. I'm a chunky guy. I got a big butt, and you know, I'm a roundish. I was a roundish looking fellow when I played football. You know, I cannonballed into a lot of contests and and provided that spark like that. So I don't think I looked taller uh, that tall out there. Um, and and because I was always jumping and in that cannonball sort of look about me, I think that probably made me look a lot shorter too. So. Um, I think I'm a little bit heavier than McAdam. McAdam, you know, I'm 101 kilos now. I was 97 kilos when I played. I don't think he's that. So, but in terms of what he can do on the football field, take a good mark and kick a goal. Yeah, we 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 um, would probably be similar. He's got a long way to go, though, boys. He's got a long way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just kidding. Awesome. Uh, well, next thing. Um... Looking at the draft too, um, before we wrap it up. So, six uh, pick six eleven forty two um, was offered, or oh, and a future first was offered for Harley Reid, and the Eagles turned it down. But you know, we, we've seen what we did with with Jackson, Cosy Pickett, Trent Rivers. We've seen what we've been able to do in the past with draft picks. Like, do we take this to the draft? I mean, what do you think we actually need to look for in terms of um, developing players? Do we need to get a young midfielder to? to elevate to you know to have a couple of years under under the best and then allow Petrarca to go forward when he's hitting around the late 20s I know a lot of our recruiters get a little bit frustrated with with this sort of talk and I can explain it to you right now without you know trying to be politi- uh sort of um play the um you know you've got to be very political and say it the right way when you're working at the football club we're not trying to get any particular player we're trying to get the best player and what they mean by that if Harley Reid is there to get we can use the picks that we've got to get a player like Harley Reid or Brody Grundy, for that matter. Then we get them, um, and then we use them to get future great players as well. And and band aids. If you get Harley Reid and he turns out to be an absolute superstar, then you've got you've got so much opportunity with him. You know, okay, all right, we don't need Harley Reid because we've got Petrarca and Oliver. That would probably be the argument. But no, no, you get him if you can get him because then you can say to a team that really needs Harley Reid. Or, or someone that's um, of that ilk in our football team, then we can start playing the game a little bit. So yeah. it just gives us cards to play with. So we'll get the best players that are out there. Obviously, if there's a six foot four guy built like David Neitz and he plays in the forward line, you'd pick him up too, wouldn't you? But they don't grow on trees. You get the best player at the time of the pick. You use the picks that you've got to get those particular great players. And then you play the game moving forward. Don't, I don't want to hear from Melbourne supporters anymore or anyone that Brody Grundy was a bad pick. Okay, it was an experiment to work in our forward line with two Ruckman, but we've got a great Ruckman. We're sold off to another club for a benefit of lower picks, haven't we? I mean, we yeah. used that um, to our benefit again. So um, don't dismay. Um, we've got so much opportunity with the money we've got, one, 
Mm. and the picks that we've got. So we're in a really good place. We just need all that other stuff to just quieten down right now. People that used to be involved in the club just to, to shut up and let them play football and do what they do best because if, we, if we're being honest right now, there's a little bit of noise around at the moment that just needs to go away. Yeah, we try not to give too much oxygen to it, to be honest. It's, um, yeah. So as you said, we, yeah, it's been... Been interesting, and I think it's just given given a few uh, oxygen thieves something to speak about uh, yes. over the last last few weeks. But uh, no, I think you're spot on there with about taking the best players and, and then letting letting Jason Taylor and the team do what they do best, and they are always very crafty and creative with what they do and setting us up for success. And I think Melbourne's really sort of paved the way, especially with future trading and and, and pick swapping and all that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see even on draft night, whether the Eagles are still rebuffing a big offer like that for pick one or or we just take it to the draft and see what happens. So, Correct. Yeah, good call. It'll uh, be interesting. There. All right, Sim, we're going to finish up five and a flash. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do five and a flash. So name uh, comes from Aaron Davey as a very childhood favorite. And funnily enough, Robbo, you actually, your number was on my first jersey. So... We'll roll with it. So the first actually does describe her at number 24. So it is describe Trent Rivers in one word. <laughs> one word. Okay. Um, I think he's, I was going to say reliable. Um, I think he's, he's Bauer. I think he's, he's a surprise. He's a surprise to me. And, and to extend because he wins the ball and then he does good things with it this year. He did really good things with it. So he's a surprise for me. Uh, favorite AFL player that doesn't play for Melbourne. Current current oh, player. Uh, favorite player outside of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Toby Green. Love him. Um, just love him. I think he's. In the past, I may have said bad things about him, but I really reckon he's 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 turned it all around. He's great. Yeah, I reckon ever since he's been the captain, has been the best thing for him. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon he's turned a lot of heads. Um, next question. Uh, we've had Hogan's Heroes, Haynes Kick, and Demon Dash. What's next? <laughs> uh, well, let's 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 get you know a, a beer sponsor. I think we I think I believe it's been Furphy. Let's let's have a skull off out on the ground. Or <laughs> Need a skull. Off. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. That's a good good question. But they they, uh, I'm not sure. Well, I, I I don't know what's happening next year. I find out late, but um, I'm not sure whether the paint barrel will be around. I'm not sure. Who knows? It's exciting though. Is the Demon <laughs> Dash actually like are the players actually different speeds, or is it just the graphic that changes? Don't know. <laughs> I reckon I remember seeing someone race against Ben Brown, and I was thinking he's definitely yeah. not that quick. Like <laughs> no, Ben Brown and Maxi Gorn's an easy dub. I would have surely. thought. You know? <laughs> surely, surely. <laughs> Don't know, boy. Oh, uh, best dad joke. Oh, best dad joke. Oh my god. See, I'm the king of dad jokes. I've got three boys here that just tell me to shut up when I. When I... <laughs> Oh, God, you put me on the spot there. Now I'll have to think of something. Go go to the next question or is that the last question? I'm not sure. That's the second last one. I'll give you time. Um, what's your go-to song to perform? Uh, well, the easiest one to do is an, an April Sun or something like that. But you've got to go for something that just speaks volumes about Australia and what we are. Um, but this is not my favourite song, by the way, but the song that really brings us out. And if we were to send it out to a tape to the rest of the world, it's um, 
it's, this song would be it. Um, it would be uh, Am I Ever Gonna See Your Face Again? <laughs> I think yeah, that's, that's, that's the Aussie song. But my favourite song to play would be Cool World by Rossi Wilson. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Superstar. Yeah. Good. All right. And we're back to the best dad joke on. That's the it. Best dad joke. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to wrap right. it up. I got a few jokes and I caught up with my mate Phil Sobrano today and we we um we've got some things happening in the background. There's some exciting stuff that I'll, I'll I can't break yet, but I'll talk to you about it later. Um, but uh, he and I are the king of dad jokes. We absolutely love them. But the last joke I heard, um, he's he's a quick joke, all right, and I think it's great. Um, so there's three blokes at the top of the uh, cliff, and this is a sacred cliff. Uh, in a country not here, uh, far away, uh, there's a Chinese man, and there's a there's a uh, there's a, an Indian, and there's a, an Australian, and a New Zealand fella. And the China bloke, Chinese bloke, walks up with uh, a box of tea, and he throws it off uh, the cliff and says something under his breath or whatever. And everyone else, what are you doing? Why did you do that? We said, well, this is a sacred cliff. Throw something off that is plentiful in your country and too much of in your country, in fact. Um, and you throw it off there and you say a blessing or whatever and you'll get good luck. Okay. So the Indian fella goes, oh, okay, well, I can, I can do this. So he walks up and he throws off some rice. Let's just go with rice. I, don't, I can't think of what's too much in India. It changes every time I tell this joke. There's <laughs> a bit of a blessing and he turns to everyone and says, oh, there's too much rice in, in India. So I throw this off. And at that point, the New Zealand fellow looks at the Australian and says, don't you dare. <laughs> 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 a thousand jokes like that. Oh, terrible. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, nice, way to, nice way to wrap it up. <laughs> Good on you guys. Fantastic. And, uh, can I say, Good on you guys for um, giving up your time and, and talking about the Melbourne Football Club. You know, it, it's we understand as past players and players that play for the football club, the lifeblood of any club is its supporters. Um, you know, the, it's two things, clubs, that football, I mean, football is its supporters and it's the players. And everything else is just trying to make sure that we can get a game going on the weekend. So they're the two most important things. And you guys fall firmly into the uh, the first category there as, as wonderful supporters and and it's an easy thing for me to do to jump on and talk about Melbourne with you guys because you've given us so much over the journey so I'm just giving back. No, nah, we really appreciate it, mate. Much it's been uh yeah, great to catch up after yeah, after a couple of years. But as I said, it was it was nice for for us to get to the get to the one hundredth episode and and yeah, a great great opportunity to have you to, to jump on and, and catch up again and, and talk about the D. So look yeah, all the best with the new venture and we'll we'll sure to we'll we'll chuck a link on with the uh podcast notes as well too. Awesome. So people and can also it out. Chuck a link on of that jumper as well. Everyone buy that jumper. Let's see if we can get the <laughs> Robo jumper proliferating through uh, Melbourne. Uh, and I want one too. So Absolutely. To... I'll send you the link. <laughs> good on you guys. Easy. That's good. No worries, boys. See you later. Peace, mate.